0: Join me here, on my perch at the far end of the park. tell me, the... What? what? Hello! All right. How are you? Can you keep the noise down? The other punters have been complaining. The other punters, all three of them, they're all playing dominoes, for God's sake. <laughs> it's Benny Boy, with a sparkle in his eye, and a tea cloth across his shoulder.
1: Welcome to the Ram Thistle. <laughs> oh, thank you. How, how is business in the and <laughs> well, Thistle? Well, as you can tell from the state of the tea towel, not good. <laughs> it's dry, he hasn't he hasn't washed a beer mug in a month. <laughs> people keep coming in and saying can I have a pint of ale in me pewter? <laughs> Did you ever ever have uh, a pewter mug behind a bar in any pub ever? No, I served people who had the pewter mug behind yeah. the bar and when they'd come in you'd say Evening Charlie yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd say, all right, Charlie, because I'm from the West Country, not as opposed to
0: Lancashire somewhere. Generic, you're North. Generic
1: Northerner. I am um, the generic Northerner with the pewter mug. Yeah. Um, so, and then they'd have their pint of Bass. Yeah. And then uh, another pint of Bass. Yeah. And then they'd have their third pint of Bass. At which point they'd be ordering um, the pickled egg nice. and a bag of plain crisps Beautiful. and they'd proceed to put the plain uh, the pickled egg in the plain crisps and i bet they bloody voted brexit as well <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh in my uh, uh I was just, I, somebody asked me about um, working in the pub the other day because mm. i did very uh, I, I can't remember how long i was there but let's say i was there for a year right uh it was an extra job on t- i only have a Ever had one proper job in my life. I was a Mm. civil servant for five minutes and then they found me out. And (laughs) And quite rightly so. Um,
1: uh, But whilst I was. Oh God, hold on a minute. Let's just rewind, right? You've told me before about being a civil servant, but we've never really examined it. So here we go. Now is the time, right? You were a civil servant. Were you a spy? Well, now I can't
0: (laughs) tell you that. Because I signed the Official Secrets Act. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) No one was more surprised than me that I had signed the Official Secrets Act. I'll tell you why. Go on then. Because when I joined the civil service, Mm -hmm. I had to get a job. Uh, i just left a band. Right. I thought I was going to be a rock star. That didn't actually um, happen.
1: Artistic differences? Um, uh,
0: Yes, they didn't need me. Yeah. Um, what were you? The <laughs> singer? Were you? <laughs> well, trumpet player. Oh, and, right. here we go. Now oh, I've forgotten. Uh, there's another one there. Oh, <laughs> let me keep going forward with the civil service. Okay. Play. So I'd left the band uh, and my trumpet, and uh, I've been kicking around the house. My mother said, "You've got to get a job." So yeah. um, I went somewhere. I have no idea where I went to get this job. Um, I can't remember if it was advertised or what, mm. but I ended up in the civil service and on day one I was given a whole bunch of forms that I had to fill in Uh, this is how you get paid and this is where you can park and um, you can go to the restaurant and here's some vouchers Mm. just get meal vouchers Mm. meal vouchers they still do don't they do they well, no, very maybe good. not that vouchers, matches. but That certainly, only just pops back
1: into my head, then. They, they can pop into the local Marks and Spencers, buy an expensive salad, and then claim it back on expenses, and then me and you pay for it. That's oh, it very good. We them, actually yeah. had a restaurant. Mm. Well,
0: a canteen. OK. Uh, where you could uh, give them a voucher, and they give you some food. Mm. Uh, I don't ever remember going to the restaurant. But anyway, there we are. Um, <laughs> so they gave us all this <laughs> stuff. The wine.
1: And the, the wine. <laughs> Is that why you can't remember? The the amount of (laughs) of booze you were drinking as a civil servant? Well, we can come on to that if you like. (laughs) But the last piece of
0: paper I was given to sign on that first day was uh, a a piece of Hay 5. And it uh, was the Official Secrets Act. Mm. On an A five? Uh, well, no, I mean the, the the small one. Yeah, the small yeah, one. A five? That's an A five. Yes, it's not very big. It's half an A four, isn't it? What does it say? That,
1: that if, it, 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 you have to keep these secrets, yes, and you're not says, allowed to
0: talk to anyone about anything.
1: Sign below, and you have to put your absolutely your, um, put your moniker there. Mm. And
0: if you do talk to anybody about anything, then you will go to the jail to jail for the rest of your natural. Right. Now the thing now. The thing is that I suppose, if you're keeping the Queen's secrets, as they mm. were, yeah. if you are working in intelligence, mm. this makes an awful lot
1: of sense. Yeah, My job as a silver servant mm. was to book driving tests. Oh?: No, oh, no. I mean, people don't want to uh, let other people know when their driving tests are, so I can understand <laughs> the importance of the Official Secrets Act. Not In even you spinning it like that <laughs> make
0: it, makes any sense of the fact that booking driving tests meant mm. that I had to sign the Official Secrets Act.
1: Cause, and here's the thing, right? I mean, I, I asked whether you were a spy because that's my... When I used to be on the or the radio, um, and you'd say that you've had people on to enter competitions when we were allowed to have those mm. And you'd say to them, Well, oh, what do you do for a living? And they'd say civil servant, and that was my stop reply. Oh, are you a spy? Are you a spy? Uh, every time, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I asked you. Just well, a I suppose in a, way, there. in a way, I was a spy. Well, not really. Separ- really. No,
0: I'll, I'll tell you for why. Because um, I worked in a place called Gaunt's House, which is mm. in Denmark Street in Bristol, mm-hmm. in England, for those of you not conversant with the place. Yeah. Uh, and this building overlooked our finest theatre mm mm-hmm. a variety theatre and if you stood on the roof and peered over you could see into the dressing rooms um, okay
1: now hold on now say so let me think you were i reckon you were a civil servant in the early 70s 76 Oh, it wasn't far off, was it? Yeah, I? very good. 76. So who... So this was... You were overlooking Denmark Street. You were looking over the... Hippodrome? Yes. Oh, right. Into the dressing rooms at the Hippodrome in the mid to late 1970s. And you've signed the Official Secrets Act because you've seen Prunella Scales nipples. Well, well funny you should say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nipple. <laughs> The sun was glinting in such a way (laughs) that only the one was visible.
1: No wonder the secrets act had to be signed. (laughs) Uh, I mean,
0: there was this great fiction that if you stood on the roof, uh, you Mm. could overlook and see into the dressing rooms. Uh, I think I I remember going up uh, with some other guys and obviously you couldn't see into any dressing rooms at all. I mean, it was just a complete fiction. But Mm. it was a great thing to tell someone on their first day. And incidentally... We can always go up on the roof and look into the dressing rooms of the showgirls in the theatre next door,
1: which was rubbish. Just make sure you take the sky hooks. Okay. <laughs> was that was that in the days when? Um, and this is slightly niche uh, niche rather for um, uh, people local to the Bristol area. But was that in the days when the Hippodrome Dome used to open to yes, the elements? Yes, it, it's uh, uh, it,
0: the the theatre has uh, a dome. Uh, it, if you sit in the auditorium, if you sit in the mm. stalls, you look up. It's got a domed roof. It's and a beautiful the dome thing, isn't it? Does go backwards? As far as I know, it still does. I yeah, mean, really? I've been, I've been in that theatre when the dome has been mm. retracted. I have. Uh, it may, may well it be it's all rusted up now these days. Yeah. But um, uh, we had a very very hot uh, summer, and theatres can get a bit hot mm. and tasty during the summer months, and they. The dome, they never had the dome open during a performance, but they would open it during the day and then they'd close it. Yeah, yeah. um, wow. the, <laughs> the day that we were in there, the evening that we were in there, they'd had it open during the course of the day yeah. and they closed it up for the evening performance, but there were still pigeons in the auditorium, uh, uh, mm. and they, they were, <laughs> you know, the, wow. that noise a bit like a chinook when a pigeon takes a flapping around up there very distracting when you're and trying le- to w- listen to a comedian doing the, his best um, material the
1: other byproduct
0: of a pigeon not welcoming in yeah. in a, in a no, theater no no not at all no
1: have they got rid of
0: <laughs> i remember a wonderful story once told to me about auditions for a program called opportunity knocks uh, which Opportunity Knox. Which was a talent show on ITV television. It was the Britain's Got Talent of its time, wasn't uh, it? Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, it, did, it, did, um, it was introduced by one of the most foul-mouthed men on television. Huey, Huey Green. Green yeah. who I had the uh, misfortune of talking to only on the telephone. Okay. Um, when I was a television producer, we were trying to get the rights to show a clip of... Uh, program that he was involved with, because you had to uh, and you put, you know, you had to clear this all with their agents, and he didn 't have an agent, he did all his negotiations himself, mm. so you had to phone him up oh at completely unnecessary language as well, mm. uh, and you know there was a set, there was a set rate there was a set rate, and he wanted an exorbitant amount like a footballer 's amount of money really for showing thirty seconds of him mm. being unctuous. On British television, anyway, at an audition, he used to uh, he, he used to uh, be there with his producer and a couple of other talent spotters at auditions, which um, would take place throughout the country. And from these auditions, I mean, God love him, at least he was there mm-hmm. at the auditions. He was yeah. the host of the programme, and he was there at the auditions. Well, I mean, uh,
1: you say that, but Anton Decker there.
0: Oh yeah, every time. Yes. <laughs> Hunt and Deck are not doing the deciding whether or not they're going to be there. If you look at X Factor, if you look at uh, those kinds of Britain's Got Talent kind of a show, they're a million miles away from from uh, the. Uh, it was kind of like a shed version mm. of uh, Britain's Got Talent in those days. Um, so I was trying to be. <laughs> this is just after, or maybe while I was still being a civil servant, actually. Um, because I left the civil service to become a Buckland's Redcoat because I thought I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. How did that go? Well, they're not laughing now. <laughs> as Bob Munkhouse famously said, <laughs> I, I told them I wanted to be a comedian. Well, they're not laughing now. <laughs> I got sent along um, to an audition by a, 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 an agent. He said, Look, I think you're very good go along and do your impressions and all that rubbish that you do hmm. and see if you can get yourself on Opportunity Knocks. Go to this theatre in London right? Uh, and, um, uh, and and do an audition. Hmm. So off I went to London, went into... And there were a few people around at the audition, uh, singers, dancers, whatever. There was usually a contortionist, a 16-year-old girl who would bend herself into pretzel shapes. Yeah. And... Um, When I arrived, so you you fill in the form, no official secrets, eh? you fill in the form, uh, and then you wait your term until you're called. And (laughs) my attention is not necessarily on the stage, it's on uh, a young chap, very skinny guy, I remember this, very skinny guy in a big overcoat. Mm -hmm. And it was a sweltering hot day in a theatre. Okay. And he's got biscuit tins. Uh, and he's got gaffer tape and tape. Mm. and he's winding all this tape around these biscuit tins. And gradually, these biscuit and and then he would fix one biscuit tin to another biscuit tin, wind more tape around there, okay, until he's got an abundance of biscuit tins. Yeah, and I'm thinking, my God, this is going to be good, isn't it? What <laughs> is he a magician? What? What could this possibly? So, he's now waiting. Mm. In the meantime, there's a magician on stage. Old school. Right. He's wearing the um, frock tail coat. Okay. He's got the white bow tie and everything. He's got yeah. an assistant. He's got mm-hmm. white gloves on. I remember that white gloves. And he's um, producing fire from a plate. You know, they, they take the top off and it's all on fire. And then they put the top back on, take it off, and there's a dove. Mm. And he his act is all about birds. And one of these birds, once he'd produced it, flew off into the auditorium. Yeah. And we're all kind of looking up there for this dove. In the meantime, Matey Boy and his biscuit tins has been called. And he puts them up onto stage. Mm-hmm. He takes (laughs) he takes off his huge overcoat and he's wearing a (laughs) loincloth. Right?
1: And the biggest pair of army boots I've ever seen in my life. Can I just for a second? I just wanna I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is hazard a guess at his voice. Okay. So he's wearing he's gaffered taped together, lots of biscuit tins. Yep. He's wearing a long uh, overcoat yep. which he removes to reveal a loincloth and big boots. So this is what my uh, this is how I think his voice sounds. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 how close am I?
0: <laughs> You're not a million miles. I mean, this is some time ago, but that came straight back to me then. The moment you went. <laughs> <laughs> So he's on stage, he's got his biscuit tins, they're all wrapped together with gaffer tape. He's taken off his coat, he's got the loincloth on, he's got the big boots on. And Huey Green said, what are you going to do for us, son? <laughs> and he said, I'm going to play um one of my songs. <laughs> and on he said, tins. well, we really want to hear it, son. We really, really want to hear it. Okay. So he sat down <laughs> behind... Behind his biscuit tins, in his loincloth, he sat down cross-legged on the floor with his biscuit tins in front of him. He took out two drumsticks and he beat the hell out of these tins whilst wailing. Of course. (laughs) There was no discernible tune. (laughs) I'm thinking, my agent sent me along here. Who sent (laughs) him? There was no rhyme or reason as to why that man should be on stage. How did he make it to the audition? Mm. Well, he would have been weeded out these days. Although,
1: I don't know. I, I think don't know. As I said it. that,
0: of course, he wouldn't. He would have been on television. <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, if anything, he's just given me an idea for what I might do when I go along to the Britain's Got Talent auditions. Meanwhile,
0: whilst he's wailing on stage, the dove has perched on top of the curtain rail. Okay. At the end of the wailing, mm. the stagehand closed the curtain. The well. do- the dove, sitting on the curtain rail, in mm. the middle, sticks his head out, as the curtain track comes across. Can you imagine the scream that went up when this poor <laughs> dove's head? No. Yeah, was chopped off by the curtain. Oh and f- my. Went goodness. down and landed on the stage.
1: And the man with the tins went <"N-> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> No. Yes. What did Huey say? Well we really want to see those doves. <laughs> Preferably in one piece.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean I, well. and i was sat there.
1: Thinking, what? In God's name, am that. I going
0: to do that's going to impress them?
1: Follow that. What? Uh, what impression did you start? Oh, I with? can't remember what I did. Oh, come on, Tommy Cooper and something. Do you
0: think? Uh, Just that. A... <laughs> 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 Glass bottle. Bowl. I don't know. I, I, whatever I was doing at the time. Richard, <laughs> I was doing actors like J- James Mason and Richard Burton, and, and, mm. and I mean, pe- people didn't do that. And yeah. um, and of course, in those days when you did an impressions act um, I mean we were all anybody who was an impressionist then was basically doing Mike Yarwood's act Okay, because he was the dog he was the TV impressionist of the time yeah
1: Um,
0: and uh, we didn't have any material so you'd just do a joke in somebody's voice any old joke yeah any old joke will do yeah and that's why I hated it that's why I, 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 you know I, I wasn't too bad at doing the voices but it was the fact that you couldn't say anything that was relevant. And these days, of course, with spitting image and, and satire, it mm. would make more sense if you can use a voice to say or make a point. But in those days, it would just be, a oh, man walked into a bar, mm. it was a metal bar, he went, oh, I yeah. you know, And you just go, oh, for God's sake. Can you do any impressions? Can you do any impressions?
1: I do, um, I do a good, uh, and this is, again, almost as current as one of yours, um, I do a good Alan Green, the former Five Live commentator. Uh, and my favourite ever commentary line of any football ever yeah. was when he was um, commentating on a game involving Germany and their uh, keeper, Oliver Neuer. And he made a bit of a mistake, the German keeper, Oliver Neuer. And Alan Green went, and would you believe it, a rare Neuer error. <laughs>
0: See that? See that's wonderful. That's because that's not a joke. That's that's just oh that's great. You could build a whole act around that. I mean, if one day, Alan Green maybe.
1: only hadn't got the boot from yeah the BBC. Oh, there's there. another one from the past. Anyway, listen now. Um, you've you've been here twenty minutes in yes. my pub the rat and thistle, and once again, you've not ordered a bloody drink. Oh. So, I mean, you know, I'm not like some sort of internet coffee cafe where you can just come in, plug in your laptop and sit there in the corner. I've got to make a living. So what are you having this week? Well, it's a toss-up between green chartreuse. (laughs) Hold on. I've just got a...
0: Do you have a a green chartreuse?
1: I'm just going to check in a couple of the drawers. Uh... It'll probably have dust on it.
0: Yeah, okay. <clears throat> okay. Or have you got a creme de monte? Oh, have I got a creme de monte? <laughs> have I got a creme de
1: monte? No, you haven't got a creme de <laughs> No, I haven't got a creme de monde. No Oh, well, okay, in that I'll case, go, I'll, I'll, I'll just have a, a pint. I'll just so have a want, pint. For next week, you want a green chartreuse? Yes, please. Or a creme or de monte? Or a creme de monde. Okay, but this week you're just going to settle for a. What a whilst we're a talking six about six. football, uh, 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 tangentially with Alan Green. Alan Green, five uh, live.
0: Yeah. yeah, just do it again. Just do the line again.
1: Error, no error.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> I was watching the, uh, uh, the England football the other day. Uh, we're yeah. recording this uh, in the week that England have just basically shown the white flag mm. as regards playing football on the international mm. stage. And Again. we're awaiting, yes, and we're awaiting uh, the Qatar World Cup, mm-hmm. which, by the time this goes out, may well be in, in full flow. Um,
1: <laughs> but I'm just Not many of countries, by the way. Um, the, uh, the, the, the word is also the name of a country and um, a problem old people used to get with their ears.
0: Ah, yes, Qatar. Qatar yeah, uh, I used to play a Qatar years ago, <laughs> <in> Sixth string, <laughs> lovely. Better Spanish Qatar, beautiful. Uh, I was thinking more watching England allegedly play football. Um, if they're going to be this bad, mm. and I do enjoy the World Cup, and I will, I will, you know, I will watch any old
1: game, three games yeah. a day,
0: and I love that first period
1: when the, the games come thick and fast. Oh yeah, and you've got like Outer Mongolia versus Brazil. Yeah, brilliant. I love. Those uh, it's games.
0: just just fabulous. Mm. Um, But I was thinking, if I've got to sit through England playing poorly, Mm. um, then I want something else just to charge my imagination. So I I had a look in an old football book that I've got, um, Great Football Stories. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there was one, (laughs) just a, a mention of the 1930 World Cup, where a member of the USA team went down injured after a challenge okay. and in those days it would have been a, a clot hopping challenge
1: mm, to yeah. to send
0: him down, and he stayed there he was mm. lying prone on the pitch you knew so,
1: they were really hurt in those days yeah. didn't you if they stayed down yeah they weren't, there wasn't so much play acting so the
0: American physio jogs on mm-hmm. um, with his bag in hand en route to the player who's on the other side of the field he drops his bag <laughs> right He bends down to pick his bag up, picks it up, gets three or four steps further on, collapses. So now you've got a player down, and the physio's down as well. Mm. And it turned out that the physio had run onto the pitch, and in his bag there was a bottle of chloroform. Oh. So when it went down, it had smashed. Yeah. The fumes had gone up. And of course he was overwhelmed two steps further whap! He down, goes went. down face Faceplant Indeed, mm-hmm. and that's why he had passed out mm. They only discovered this later However Right Having read this, I thought it was a great story What a lovely story, I can't wait to tell
1: Benny Boy that story mm. I mean it is a good story isn't it? Yeah, I like that story I'm giving it Six and a half out of ten. All right, okay. Well, let me, let, me, um,
0: let me tell you something about chloroform. Yeah. You know all those movies where gangsters come up behind you and uh, on a hanky they've got some chloroform and they put it over you and it immediately you're out, you're, out. you're out cold? Yeah. Doesn't happen like that. No. It doesn't. Chloroform acts quite slowly. Mm. It could take five or ten minutes and in the movies, it's never five or ten minutes. You wouldn't want to see somebody struggling on screen for five or ten minutes. No. Removes the jeopardy as well, doesn't wouldn't it? it? Absolutely. Mean, yeah. So there's this myth which is created by Hollywood that if you put some chloroform on a hanky, hold it over somebody's nose, immediately they go out. Hmm. Um, so looking at you know, the facts about chloroform, it would take five to ten minutes. So... This American physio, he's in the open air. Yeah. Even if there's a bottle of chloroform in his bag, which presumably is closed, Mm. for the fumes to get out and um, into his system and cause him to go down so quickly, Mm. I mean, that must be the world's strongest, most powerful chloroform.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure that I buy that story. The main thing that strikes me about that is, I mean, you know, I, I think I've worked out why you're not invited to many parties anymore. Because, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> well, a know, man drinks creme de <laughs> menthe <in green> <laughs> and green chowdhury and tells stories about chloroform. Yeah, <laughs> the, the glory in the story is re- immediately removed by you <laughs> being suspicious about whether the chloroform would have reacted in that way so anyway Uh, the other thing I I thought of while you were telling that um, uh, interminable story I'm going to say four and a half out of ten at the end of it um, was um, it reminded me of the Bristol City physio for many years long uh, departed now may he rest in peace always wore shorts Um, the deepest depths of the coldest February this man would be wearing shorts running on to treat his players and his name it's only just struck me now Years later, how inappropriate his name was. His name was Buster Footman. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Buster Footman. I mean, you, oh, that's the last thing you they, want to do for a footballer. They didn't isn't call it? him a physio. That's a wonderful name for a. Footballer. They didn't call him a physio in those days. They used to call him the trainer. The trainer, yeah, he was a trainer, definitely. Buster the trainer's Footman. coming on. Yeah. Now, um, before we go. I just wanted to report already? to you. Well, it won't be long, um, especially after that last story about the chloroform. <laughs> um, I just want to tell you this little bit of uh, this little tidbit, yes. which uh, came to me during the week. I, uh, a customer came in. Uh, she should remain um, nameless, but she's um, she's named after an exotic car. Uh, I can't give a, a okay Honda, and um, she. I thought it was going to be Cortina. She's she's uh, Hungarian. Ah. And we were having a conversation about uh, gaming, because I like to play uh, computer games, Um, not so much these days, but certainly in my past, and so does she. And we were talking about a game called The Last of Us, Mm. which is a fantastic game, one one of the best games ever created. And in fact, there's going to be a television series based on that game coming out soon, um, starring a man from uh, Narcos, um, the original series, who's a fantastic actor, I forget his name now, and also one of the uh, ladies who acts in Game of Thrones. She's the young queen who uh, says, Jon Snow, King of the North. All right. And, uh, she's, she's fantastic as well. So anyway, the young very queen very and the content. narco, right? Yeah. Okay, so, good. Um, so we were talking about that, and she's Hungarian, and she started to giggle almost uncontrollably. And I said, what's, what's so funny about The Last of Us? It's kind of a game where um, the zombies have taken over Earth after, um, after you know, everything's gone a bit... Uh, we've had too, too long a Tory government. That's what's happened. That's what and I, so the, yes. the zombies have taken over Earth. Last Coming of the Us is up, she's and giggling. And what's so funny? She said, well, in Hungarian, it sounds a bit like uh, Rastafas you say Last of Us quickly, Last of Us sounds a bit like Rastafas, which uh, in Hungarian that means uh, penis with a dreadlocks. <laughs> 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 which oh. is a wonderful mental image, isn't Deary it? me. So, uh, anyway, bless
0: you, Honda. Thanks yeah, for that. Well, indeed. Do you know, I don't think I can top that.
1: Mm. Um,
0: uh, one final thing. One final, okay. final thing before we go. Last week, I mentioned... We were talking about ants, remember, mm-hmm. and we, we strayed into a conversation about Joan Collins.
1: It may have been last week or some weeks ago. Oh, some, knows, it, well, by the time some time things happen
0: in the past. In the we have talked about ants and, and Joan, Joan, Collins. Joan Collins. Yes, yeah, and, and and there was much merriment made about bad Joan Collins films. Well, I don't mm-hmm. intend to go through the list because it's it's pretty pretty Lately. long. Mm-hmm. Um, but the name of the film for those people who want to look it up is Empire. Of the ants. <laughs> right. There are clips which you can find on YouTube. Yeah. I suggest you bring your chuckle muscle along. <laughs> because, well, even if you don't bring it along, you will be exercising it. Empire of the Ants, starring Joan Collins... well, ..as an estate agent attacked by giant ants.
1: Good. What was the tagline? Do you know what the tagline was?
0: Oh, oh no, I don't know. Oh, well, you mean the log line? Um, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, like, On the uh, poster. Yeah. I, well, I, see, my mind now has gone to Michael Caine in that film about the the, the, uh, the swarm, mm. which was about killer bees. Right. Uh, and there, uh, Michael Caine is a, a scientist, I think. Is uh, he? And there's this swarm of killer bees going everywhere, killing people, as mm. killer bees do. And Michael Caine utters the immortal phrase... But the bees used to be our friends. <laughs> now, whether or not Joan Collins said, "But the ants used to be our friends," I I know not. I don't remember. I wish I, I wish I could look up the logline now, but I don't have a computer or anything with me because I never bring such things to the pub.
1: I think the meetings for that logline would have been fun. I mean, like I mean, you start with their ants and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joan Collins is in it. And, yeah, well, yes. Oh, well. Two shillings. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Empire of the Ants, enjoy. Uh, well, I'll see you next week then.
1: I'm yeah, you're going you to order a drink next week? No, or, no you know. I, well,
0: I, I should be walking the dog, so I can't drink and, uh, and dog walk.
1: <laughs> you can't drink and dog. <laughs> That's time at the far end of the bar. You've been listening to Richard Lewis and Ben Orr. If you enjoyed your time with us, please don't forget to like and subscribe to make sure you catch the next episode. And find us on all the socials. Just search hashtag TFEOTV or email us at thefarendofthebar at gmail.com. Cheers!